Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that He moves in your life. I just want to talk to you briefly today, uh, whatever briefly means. And uh, I want us to just kind of, today I want to talk to you about responding to the Father as opposed to reacting to the devil. And it's super important for those of them, I mean, if you're part of this house, you've heard this for quite some time, at least over the last two or three years for sure. And that is that Jesus never reacted to the devil. He always responded to the Father. And so whatever the, the enemy tried to throw at him, Jesus only did what he saw his Father doing, right? And so that's super important. That's a, that's, that's a, a born-again lifestyle that will take us throughout eternity, well, I guess on the earth for sure, to hone in on what that means and then begin practicing that. That means that we're always tuned into heaven. We're always tuned into the Holy Spirit. And we're always asking, what are you doing right now? And especially over the last seven or eight months that we've been under this, under the, the, the COVID-19, everything that's happening, you know, one of these Sundays, hopefully very soon, I'll, I'll just talk about my journey through it um, as a senior pastor, as a, as a dad, as a, as a husband. And, and it's, been, it's been quite a journey. I think it's been quite a journey for all of us, uh, probably, and we've learned a lot. So if you know me too, you know that I try and squeeze every nutrient out of any kind of situation, whether you call it a trial or pandemic, whatever it is, that we're facing, I'm always asking the Lord to teach me through it because there's always something to be taught. There's always something to be, um, you know, you can grow in as a, as a pastor. And so I, I, I'm always asking the Lord that, so I want to share that with you. Um, I, I, every single month, I kind of choose a, a, a new reading plan and, uh, for my Bible reading. So you guys know I, I'm up early uh, and... Sometimes it's four o'clock in the morning, which is ungodly. And I, I just wake up and I try and it, I do say things like, this is really stupid, you know, or I get up at 3.30, I just wake up or quarter to four and I go, this is really, so I'm asking the Lord, you know, am I supposed to pray? Am I supposed to seek your face? Am I, you know, you ask all the questions. And um, so one of the things I, I do do is do, anyway, I, uh, I just take a, a portion of scripture and, uh, and I just begin reading. So I, I, um, <clears throat> I have three spots. I always do a psalm. I do that every day. And so I'm on Psalm 46 now. And I've been really chugging through the book of Acts. Uh, so I'm reading the book of Acts again. So book of Acts is 28 chapters. I take a chapter every day. So 30, 30, 28 days, 30 days, every single month, I move through the book of Acts. And I just keep highlighting because the Holy Spirit keeps bringing more revelation to me. And then um, I'm now moving through the book of Esther and uh, Daniel, started with Daniel, went to Esther. And, and I can't even remember the other one I'm going to do, but it's there in the Old Testament. Uh, definitely not Leviticus, for sure. Not going not gonna to touch Leviticus, uh, at least for now. But as you, as you go through and you read the word systematically, uh, the Lord could begin bringing highlights as you systematically read. And I, and I was reading in Esther, this is kind of part of the introduction, and I was reading in Esther 
How many of you guys love the book of Esther? The book of Esther is pretty wild. Um, you have, you know, you have villains, you have a king, you have Esther, you have Mordecai, you have this whole, I mean, it could be dozens of movies uh, that are laid out and the plans of the Lord will be, will be successful, will succeed. My voice cracked again. So I was reading about Mordecai and you know, and about Haman, and I came across this in Esther chapter 3. And this whole thing started, you know, with Esther, it's, you know, if I perish, I perish, you know, it's the... But this whole thing started when Mordecai wouldn't give homage to Haman. In other words, the king had set up uh, Haman as like almost the second person in command, like he was very royal kind of came out of nowhere, and he was being paraded through the city, and everybody that, you know, people that were lined up would give homage. That means they would bow and kneel before Haman, except for this one guy, and his name is Mordecai. And so, let me just read to you um, in Esther chapter 3, it says in verse 2, and all the king's servants who were with, all the king's servants and all the king's men, all right, and all the king's servants who were with, don't finish it. I know you guys finished it, right? Humpty, okay. And all the king's servants and all the king's, uh, my goodness, who were with the king's gate bowed and paid homage to, to Haman, uh, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Verse 3, then the king's servants who were within the king's gate said to Mordecai, why do you transgress the king's command? Why are you choosing to defy civil commands? Verse 4, now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them, that they told it, and they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand, for Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. I tell you why he didn't give homage to, to Haman is because there is no other God but the living God. And he was not going to bow down to Haman because of a higher authority they live by. And so, verse 5 when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay homage, Haman was filled with wrath. But, his disdained, uh, but he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai. For they told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom, the people of Mordecai. So the whole foundation to the story of Esther came out of an experience or an encounter of a man who would not give or pay homage to a king's command. And that is to give homage to or to worship. I don't know if it's to worship, but to give homage to Mordecai. And I thought that was striking. I was like, okay, this, came, this whole story, this whole letter, this whole book is in response to Haman's anger and wrath toward a man who would not give him homage or a man who actually chose to obey God rather than man. You had the book of Esther. What I want to bring to you this, this morning and is, is really this, this whole idea 
of responding to the, to the Father and not defying an order. Yes, last week when I was done, I, I came off the platform, and I thank you for all your kind words, came off the platform, and I was like, wow, I really didn't hit this like I should have, like I wanted to. You know how the Holy Spirit might remind you, like, really? And I felt this week I, I really need to give this some, some time about the why behind the what. And so I want to revisit a few things. First of all, I want to look at the life of Jesus. And I want you to think for a moment about the life of Jesus, and I want you to get an understanding of, I want us to kind of drop down into, the, into Jerusalem when Jesus is walking the earth and he's healing people and he's doing all kinds of things that were actually defying the council or the Sanhedrin, actually defying the oral law of the fathers. So Jesus is told, the law says that you are to avoid the leper. Well, Jesus does the exact opposite, and he goes ahead. Well, you're not only to avoid the leper, right? You're not to touch a leper. In fact, lepers were actually in the outskirts of the city. Once they were diagnosed, they were actually quarantined to the outward part of the city. And Jesus, the audacity of Jesus to go up to a leper and not only speak to a leper, but touch a leper. And in the Old Testament, you avoided the leper. In the New Testament, you touch a leper and they're healed. So I can imagine the, not the New York Times, but the Jerusalem Times saying Jesus defies the order and touches a leper. There's, I mean, we can go on all day, right? Jesus again defies another court order and he heals on the Sabbath. Like, how dare he heal on the Sabbath? So they're trying to corner him. They're trying to, they're trying to, I don't know, frame him around his words. But Jesus actually heals on the Sabbath because he is responding to the Father's voice. And he's not doing it just to defy an order. The motivation of Jesus is in response to the Father, not because someone told them that they can't do something. And we have to understand, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. So Jesus defies civil authorities by not washing his hands before a meal. I mean, the list can go on and on. It was not in defiance to civil authority, but obedience to the words of his father. Jesus didn't set out to get the council ticked off. Well, maybe. That's... <laughs> There's a higher purpose, right? Jesus steps on the planet to bring the kingdom in response to the words of his father, and that's going to cause some problems. And it did cause some problems. In fact, it cost him his life. So this is not about reacting to the culture, but responding to the words of a father. Let's talk about, let's just revisit Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo. And we can even look at Daniel. They were not trying to defy the culture. That was not their motivation. Their motivation was to stand up 
with the living God and their loyalty and their worship to him alone. So we know Nebuchadnezzar builds an idol 90 feet tall. He's supposed, they're supposed to bow down. They understand the consequences possibly. They, they, they choose to stand up. Everyone else lost their contacts. They're all looking for their contacts on the ground. They're all paying homage in, in, the, in front of the idol. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say no. Cost them the fiery furnace, but Jesus is always in the fire. But the motivation was to serve God and serve God alone. It's the higher authority. Daniel, same thing. We're going to frame this guy. We are jealous of his promotion. We're jealous of his favor. And what's the one thing we can corner Daniel on? That's his prayer life. His devotion to God. And if we can build a law that actually militates against his devotion to God, we can trap this man and we can put him to death because we would love to get rid of this guy. So they convinced Darius he wasn't really a smart king or was it, I can't remember who, there was three of them. Goes ahead, places the order that says for 30 days, if you're going to fully devoted to the king and if anyone is doing something other than full devotion to the king or worship or whatever, then they're going to be faced, their, their sentence is death. So Daniel hears the word and he goes up to his room and he keeps the windows wide open and he does what he's always done. He prays. He doesn't do it to defy an order. He does it in obedience to the father. He does it in obedience to the Lord. Whatever it costs him, he will not give that part up. And he doesn't. So we know the story of that. David goes, I mean, Daniel goes into the lion's den. The Lord delivers him, praise God. And Daniel is promoted, not in defiance, but in obedience. Are you guys there? So these men... We're not simply trying to defy or get or, or react to an order, but they were humbly obeying God. So the narrative is never defying anything, but responding to the voice of the Lord. And every single time I, I don't know, I, I try and avoid the news these days. I'll just, I just try and avoid the news. I, I try and avoid the news. But it's like you can climb the highest mountain and the waters will just creep up, right? And they just keep coming up, right? And so these are the times that we're living in. But what I keep hearing so often, or if I read, it's defy, 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 defy. Defy, defy, defy. You know what, you guys? The people who write those articles, they're, they're not generally born-again believers. They don't understand the concept of the kingdom. They don't understand that pastors lay before the Lord asking him, what do you want me to do, Lord? What is on your heart for our congregation? 
what is on your heart for our city. And so we'll get things like, they defy this. They're, listen, I've been around in ministry for, for 35 years, full-time ministry, 35 years, been born again longer than that. These pastors are not just going to defy an order. They're responding to the voice of the Father. Now, if that means defying an order, so be it. You'll have amazing prison ministries. <laughs> While I don't want to get into the details, can we, let me just say this with all humility and love, can we stop judging other believers? Honestly. I mean, I'm, like I said, I try to avoid the news, but every once in a while my wife will tell me something. And she says, you know, this particular Christian organization is saying this about Sean Foyt, and I'm just like, please. Don't we need to reach the world for Jesus, honestly? Don't we need to, don't we need to share our faith and expand the kingdom? What is it with believers? I, listen, I, can't, I don't even do a good job understanding my motives. How can I pin that on somebody else? I mean, honestly, personally for me, I, I just step back and I just say, oh God, I, I don't want to be part of what's taking place right there. Because I can't judge any man's heart. I could, I could see their fruit, right? And as leaders, we test the spirits, right? But I don't sit in condemnation when somebody has multiples of thousands of people coming People are getting saved, healed, and delivered. People are finding Jesus. They're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. People are being healed. And you're saying that they're doing it for the sake of money? I'll tell you what. I, I just, you know, when the lightning bolt, I just kind of get this, I just run over here. And I just pray for both, but you know what? Like, we're living in a time where we have to be in unity. Amen. I mean, we have to make a conscious decision to stay unified and don't get divided and distracted by what some of these other things that are going on around here. And it's just, let's just love each other. Let's pray for each other. Let's encourage each other. Let's build each other up. If someone goes on the negative trail, lovingly pull them in line and say, how can we pray? Or let's just bless what they're doing. Like people coming to Christ. Like let's, let's, let's fight. If I could say that in a good, word, good way. Let's commit to staying unified and not badger and question other people's motives. We're to pray. 
Did you hear me? We're to pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the, with the understanding. Pray, love, encourage, bring hope, trust God, look for what God's doing there, and bless it. Am I talking to the right crowd? I hope so. Let's take a look at the apostles for a moment. That was my little rant. <clears throat> when the angel appears to Peter and John in Acts chapter 5, their response to them is, I'm going to free you, go to the temple and preach on this life. The angel is hearing the voice from heaven and transmitting the Father's heart to Peter and John. Not in defiance to an order. You're going to hear this a lot today. Not in defiance to an order, but in response to the Father. Peter and John respond to the angel who actually is hearing the voice of heaven and relaying the command which is in direct violation of what has been commanded. And they say, go back to the temple and go ahead and preach in what? In the name of Jesus. That was the contention. The Sanhedrin, which was the governing authorities of the day, just could not, they tried to kill Jesus. They just could not fathom that these guys would continue to preach in his name. And I'm telling you, when you read Acts chapter 8, which I'm trying to move along as fast as I can, all the way to Acts chapter 28, it's either you're having breakouts of revival or you're having massive persecution. You're having people getting saved, signs and wonders, believers, multiplication, and you're getting, you're getting threats, you're getting beatings, you're getting imprisonment all in the book of Acts. And for so long, for me personally, I've read through, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I just didn't look at a lot of the persecution. I looked at all the miracles. I looked at the multiplications. I looked at all oh, this 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, like this is amazing, signs and wonders and miracles. And then there's blood. There's beatings. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about rods. They beat them with rods. They pull their shirt off and they just beat them. Accusations. Questioning their motives. And on and on it goes through the book of Acts. And the kingdom of God advanced. And there's not an amen in the book of Acts because it continues today. So give me about 10 minutes, and if you have a pen, you can write these down really fast. If you have an iPhone, you can type really fast, but I want to give this journey to you guys, <clears throat> and then I'm going to try and, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to do this, because I have a lot, and I'm going to try and, anyway. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, and at that time, a great persecution arose against the ecclesia which was in Jerusalem. Anytime you see church, it's the word ecclesia, okay? 
against the ecclesia which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And Saul, verse 3, he made havoc of the church or the ecclesia, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Prisons were, did not have nice fluffy couches. We're talking about dungeons. They were dragging them out of their house. Therefore, verse 4, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. It does not say those who were scattered feared for their life and went into hiding. They knew what was going down and they knew what it would cost them, but they continued to respond to the voice of the Father not just simply going after it to defy an order. And the kingdom of God advanced and the name of Jesus was being glorified. And we hear about Philip, verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, that was the big thing, that was the big hinge point. Do not preach, teach, move in any way in the name of Jesus. And they said, We're just going to disobey that because we know how that's impacted our own lives. So Acts chapter 9, Jesus tells Paul, Jesus tells Paul, when when you're going after believers, you're actually persecuting me, which is a whole other subject which we don't want to talk about right now. Acts 9, 16, for I will show him how many things he must suffer in my name. We don't hear a lot about suffering preached. But the Lord says, Paul's going to suffer for my, what? For my name. Acts 9, 23, now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. And they watched the gates day and night to kill Paul. So here's Paul, the champion of the Pharisees, in one chapter. In two chapters later, he's the enemy of the Pharisees. And they don't love him, they want to kill him. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a threat on his life to destroy this guy. Acts 12, we see that Herod kills the first apostle. Stephen was killed in Acts chapter, martyred in Acts chapter 7. Paul, uh, James is actually martyred in Acts chapter 12. And they were going to do the very same thing to Peter. So, and Peter is released supernaturally by the Lord in Acts chapter 12, but James is the first apostle that was martyred. And so now we have Stephen and we have James. Acts 13, there's a conflict in Antioch. Verse, uh, verse 50 says they raised, they raised up a persecution. In Acts 14, there's a conflict in Iconium. And it says in verse 14, verse 2, they poisoned their minds against them. And there was a violent attempt to take their life. Let's go, there. Let's go there, because I... Now, it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed, and the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time. Oh, my goodness. Therefore, they stayed for a long time speaking boldly in the Lord. Did you guys just catch that? 
All right. I'm sorry, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed. They didn't run. They stirred up a riot. They stirred up they, the brethren. They poisoned their minds. That was intentional. And so it says, therefore, they stayed there a long time. Man, we got a lot to learn. Okay, I have a lot to learn. I'll just say that. Who is bearing witness to the word and his grace, granting, verse 3, signs and wonders to be done in their hands. Signs and wonders are coming in the midst of great persecution, even unto death. Acts 16, we see Paul and Silas, they're thrown, they're thrown in prison. And it says in verse 37, but Paul, oh, well, verse 22, then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes, interesting, and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet with stocks. And an angel comes and sets them free. I don't have time to develop it. Acts chapter 17, there's conflict in Thessalonica. So you have, I think it was, I think it was actually Sean who said that the book of Acts is about revival and riots. So there's conflict in Thessalonica. It's in Jason's home. And a mob comes in, drags Jason to court. He gets free of bail. In Acts chapter 18, the Lord has to reassure Paul, verses 9 and 10, that the Lord speaks to Paul and he says, do not be afraid. I am with you. That means that Paul was. Acts chapter 19, there's another riot. It's in Ephesus. There's a guy named Demetrius who's a silversmith who was jealous because he was losing, a businessman was losing income. So they set a riot against, against Paul and his men, and that was dispersed. Acts chapter 20, Paul's on his way to Greece, and the Jews are plotted, have plotted against him to actually kill him. Acts 21, verse 13, Paul's ready to go to Jerusalem, and the, the people in Ephesus are concerned about him going to Jerusalem because there had been some, a couple visitations, a couple prophetic voices that you're actually going to die in Jerusalem. And Paul says in Acts 21, 13, for I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, you guys, this is not like two or three years after Acts chapter 2. We're talking 15, 16, 17, almost 20 years of preaching the name of Jesus and continually be getting beaten, imprisoned, and persecuted while seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. He's not doing this to defy the order. 
He's doing this in response to his father. In Acts chapter 21, I'm almost done, 27 through 35, he's arrested in the temple while he's in Jerusalem. And they stepped on, they, they beat Paul, and then there was, a, again, commotion. And Paul actually uses his rights in Acts chapter 22, verse 4. And 19 and verse 25, he's again, he's bound, he's imprisoned, he's ready to be beat, and then he's, he tells the Roman centurion, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? And the centurion goes, oh my gosh, we have been scourging a Roman citizen. In fact, Paul uses his rights again when he says, I appeal I appeal to Caesar. He's using his Roman rights as a citizen to actually appeal. Acts chapter 23, there's a, another plot to kill Paul. These guys have an oath that we're not going to eat or we're not going to drink until Paul's dead. Acts chapter 24, Paul is accused of sedition which is actually, sedition means to incite people to rebel against authority. So he's accused of sedition by the high priest, nonetheless. And it says in Acts 24, verse 5, for we found this man to be a plague, a creator of dissension among the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Acts chapter 24 is a good 20 years after Acts chapter 2. So the high priest still pursuing, destroying Paul 20 years later. Still, signs and wonders are breaking out, not in defiance to an order, but in response to the Father, and that's why we're sitting here today. Acts chapter 28, verse 31. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. Paul continues preaching the kingdom of God. This is how the, the book of Acts ends. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. And then history tells us that Paul is beheaded either between A.D. 66 and A.D. 68. That Peter is crucified upside down in that same year under the emperor Nero. Do you think they just did this to defy an order? You think they just laid down their life because they wanted to practice civil disobedience? They did it in response to the call. They did it in response to the Spirit of God that lays in them, that propels them to share the good news of the gospel. Why do you think we have an underground church in China that's still assembling? Civil authority is pulling crosses off of buildings. They're destroying Bibles. But I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is alive and well in China. 
because people are still going to assemble. People are still going to gather. People are still going to encourage each other. While it's still called today, whether it's in China or a communist country or Iraq or wherever it is, the kingdom of God will not be stopped. And it's going to take an act of our will as believers. Like, this is mild. I mean, come on. This is mild compared to what do we see in other nations of the world. You guys all right? I hope you guys are all right at home. So I sent an email out last week. Was it last week? I, can't, I honestly can't remember. I think it was this week. But we're going to open up next week. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it not because we're defying an order. We're doing it because we're responding to what we hear the Father saying. <gasps> That's true. Here's the, here's the thing that, that we're learning. We actually haven't walked this way before. And I'm older than you. Most of you. Not all of you. I don't remember this. And when you're a senior pastor, you're, 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 you're thrown right in the middle. If you open, you're careless. If you're closed, you're gutless. You have to turn off the noise. And you have to hear what heaven is saying. In a lot of situations, the senior leader is in a no-win position. And it's a hard position because you're wanting to lead your congregation as God's saying to, but you want to make sure there's safety and you want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're stepping in, but you're not, Jesus didn't close, the, did Jesus close the door or not? Did he, did the spirit of God close the door or the governor close the door? What started off with a, with a pandemic that was supposed to kill 20 or have 25 million cases in eight weeks. Like, it's been a journey. You have people in the medical profession. You have people in the legal. You have all. The, it's like you have, to, you have to hunker down for the sake of safety. But at some point, you just have to hear from heaven and do what God, you feel God's telling you to do. And that's not to, that's not to if you know my heart. I just want to hear what the Lord's saying. And if that means, like, shut it down for another year, that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. And then I trust him with the rest. So it was in that, that place of encounter in the first part of October. I know I'm going way over my time. In the first, we, went, we worshiped long. First part of October, and Wendy and I have been praying about this for a long time. Pastoring, ministering. You guys have been so faithful, thank you. Thank you for your prayers for us. <clears throat> and like I said in the, 
the email, but not everyone reads email, so I'm going to say it publicly. I remember just before the Lord, like I've been in, we've been in Florida seeking God. We've been like, staff's been seeking God. Like, what are you saying? And uh, there was a, an image that floated over, I don't know how you say it, like you get an impression. And I just saw like this 25. It was like a calendar with a 25. It wasn't a full calendar, it just said 25 with a box around it, you know? Like you knew it was a calendar, I think. And I so I, I don't even know. I mean, I kind of have an idea of the dates. So I, I just thought it was, are you talking about the 25th? Are you saying something to me? And I followed the trail. Yeah, I just followed the trail. So I followed the trail, went to my calendar, and I said, oh, that is a Sunday. If it was a Tuesday, I would have stopped on the trail and left. But it was the 25th, it was on a Sunday, and I said, Lord, like, and I've been really meditating over Hebrews 10, 25. Do not forsake the assembling together of the saints, which is actually a New Testament command. And so I was meditating on that, saw the 25, and then I, I thought right away, it's like, what month are we in? Well, we're in October, which is the 10th month. And so it's not like an angel showed up with big swords and commanded me to open up on the 25th. You know, like it was a simple encounter that bore witness with my heart. It's like, that's the day. So it's 1025 on 1025. Hebrews 1025 on October 25th. Do not forsake the gathering of the assemblies, the assembly together on the 25th of October. So the Lord goes ahead and, and I just kind of simple bear witness and I tell Wendy, she's like, yeah, that's great, honey. Thanks, hon. No, she bore witness, she's prophetic. So she's just like, yes. I've been waiting for a long time for God to speak to you. So, and so I, I, I told the team, that was early, early in October. And I'm, I don't have, I don't want to, I'll just say this. Of course, I, I didn't know, we were still, I don't know where, you know, there's all these colored tears in California. Not tears, but T-I-E-R tears. So purple, red, orange, yellow, whatever. And so purple is the most stringent tears, like churches don't open in purple. Red is the next lenient, I don't know how else to say it, next level, where actually churches can open, according to the state of California. And then there's orange, which is, you can open up to a certain time, uh, level in attendance, I guess. And then there's yellow, but there is no green because uh, our governor says we'll never go back to green. Uh, Honestly, I have the tape. He said that. So it was in August. We'll never go back to green unless we get a vaccine. Then we'll go back to green, possibly. So, but I always want to make sure my heart's right. I want to make sure I'm responding and not reacting. And I, I, and I'll be honest. I, I, I have to check that every single day. Don't react. Respond. What's heaven saying? Because in the season, there's lessons for us to learn. Like, how do we be ecclesia? when the, everything we preached on for four or five years happened. 
How do we manage? And the Lord showed me the power of the assembly, which is not the building, it's the gathering. There's power in the gathering. And so we were, I think, we were in the red in, Cal in Alameda County. And we actually became officially in the red tier September 22nd, which meant churches should be able to open up, but they didn't. And I guess in-person dining should open up, but they didn't. But that's all secondary to what the Lord is saying. So for you all know is that we've been in the red tier really technically since September 8th in Alameda County. We were officially there September 22nd. And now we've graduated to the orange tier as of this past week, which I didn't know that. I just knew that we were supposed to start on the 25th. So now Alameda County sent y'all an email. I got one saying that on the 26th, Monday, You'll have in-person dining in Alameda County, and you'll have in-person church services on the 26th, moving forward. So that is fabulous news, right? Come on. But I feel it's super important for us. So that's a week from Monday. But I feel it's super important for us to meet next week, open up next week, based on the word that the Lord gave and in response to that word. And that's my heart. My heart is that it's for the people of God to gather. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, right? There's a theological reason. There's a lot of reasons, but, but we have seen delivery drivers, be saved. We have seen people coming to Christ. We have seen the voice of hope needs to be broadcast. The pulpits need to declare not only the goodness to God, but there is hope in God. To put their faith and their trust in the Lord. There's a lot of isolated, broken people. There's a lot of mental disorder right now. It's time for the church doors to open to the city. It is. And I know that I know that this past week San Mateo County, Sonoma, I don't know about Sonoma, but a lot of the counties in the Silicon Valley have their church doors have, have opened. We just there was only two counties that were hanging on and Santa Clara actually opened this past week and Alameda County is the last county. In the, in the, I think so. I, you know, I, I, all I see color maps everywhere. But that's where my heart's at. My heart is, we need to gather. For those who feel like, man, I, I just feel like I need to stay home. Well, then stay home. I do not judge anybody. Stay home, man. Enjoy the online service. Like, go for it. I understand. Uh, you are totally welcome to be home and stay home. We love you. And, and we'll continue to love you. And you just, hear, you just hear the voice of the Lord and respond to the Holy Spirit. That's all. 
Just respond to the Holy Spirit. So the whole point of today is just letting you all know we're going for it next week and that we're doing it not to defy anybody. We're doing it in response to what the Father's saying. So it's 1025 on 1025. I'm be preaching next week out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. That's the text. You guys already have it. And it's the importance of the gathering. It is what I feel like the Lord has taught us over the last seven or eight months. Like I love Zoom. I love the technology. But we're made to be together. We're made to see each other and connect. Nothing like corporate worship where the presence of the Lord comes in and we just go for it. I mean, I have a new favorite song. It's called First Love. I think it's called that. Jeez, that was off the chain. That was so good. Jordan played it for me yesterday on YouTube. Is it called First, First Love? I crushed it. All Jordan's favorite words, crush. Crushed it. He played it, I said. And then he tagged that Martin Smith song on the end of it, you know. My heart burns for you. How many of you remember that one? Man, I remember being in Hawaii with Wendy, just over and over listening to that song in my headphones out in the pool. I was probably screaming, la, la, la. You know, people are... Simple melody lasted 20, 30 years. I have no idea why I said that. Power of corporate worship. I'm looking forward to next week to do that with as many people feel safe to come. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Stand together. For those of you at home, you can stand there, stand up. I'm going to have to work a little harder to get off the sofa or the chair. But I want you to understand my heart in moving forward. It's in response to, not in reaction from. That makes sense? That's where my heart's at. So, Father, thank you for gathering us here this morning. Now that's the afternoon. Lord, I pray that you continue to advance the kingdom through Christ's ecclesia, your bride, the church. God, I pray that as Paul says, or Acts chapter 13, verse 46 reads, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said. I pray that all of us would grow bold and say what you're saying and release what's on your heart through your people. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. For more messages just like this, 
go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.